welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Bridgerton on Netflix. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Julian Davis. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Pemberley Podcast, where this week we'll be diving into episode two of Bridgerton, season two on Netflix. And it gets juicy. I'm really excited to talk about it. But before we dive into that, we want to tell you guys about some other shows that you ought to be watching. And today's shows are ones that both Yolanda and I have seen and loved. And we've talked about them. But guess what? We love it so much. We're not going to stop talking about (laughs) it. Yolanda, I told you about this show on Peacock last year. I know. And I think you watched like the first episode and you were like, cool. (laughs) And then you finally like got either the free trial or you paid for it for a bit and you saw the whole season and you're like, you want to tell the people? Yes. I ended up getting Peacock because I wanted to watch Marry Me with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, which I definitely watch and I cannot tell you the ending of that movie. <laughs> like, I think I, I definitely watched it, but you know, it was, it was a fun movie. It's a fun, cheesy rom-com. But since I had Peacock for the month, I was like, okay, fine. I will finally watch this show that Jillian recommended like a year ago called We Are Lady Parts, which is all about this Muslim British band. It's really great. It's really funny. And I finished it and I was like, Jillian, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I get this text and she was like, I have watched it. I'm here now. I'm I'm here here as a fan. (laughs) And I was like, finally, because I'm going to blame Peacock here because I feel like no one has Peacock, but that's just like me saying whatever I want to say on our own podcast. Everyone should be talking about We Are Lady Parts. I was surprised that when I went on their Instagrams, like their actors' Instagrams, they don't have huge following or like at least like 20K, you know, 30K, not even that. This show is so, so it's all about this uh, young woman, Amina, who is a grad student. She's going through school and like her main thing is like she wants to get married. Like she is actively trying to find a match and get onto that stage of her life. And she's very romantic. Yeah, and she, she has is. a wild imagination. She's very, yes. I mean, I, I sort of have compared the show in my mind a bit to Dairy Girls. Yeah. She's kind of like our Erin Quinn, where she's yeah. like, I'm the writer, creative, like romantic, like has a very imaginative version of her right. life. But like, these are all these things in her head, right? But in actual practice, she like shuts down. And even though she's like a really talented musician, she will often get stage fright and throws up on stage. She's a huge nerd. And she's a huge nerd and she has these big crushes on these really hot guys and they just don't see (laughs) her. And she's like, all right, that's okay. I am getting my PhD in molecular biology and that's just my life, you know? So she does meet like this young guy, Asan, who is handing out posters for like band tryouts and she's like i have to follow him and so she goes and that's where she meets this band of really awesome women who are also muslim and trying to like make a statement with their band we are lady parts and it's this whole journey of like amina now really stepping into like her own power too and like trying to find her voice when so often she's kind of just lived all this life in her head. It's a quick watch. It's a really great show. I would highly recommend it. What I'm currently watching, I mean, have technically finished, and I believe you have too, is season four 
of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. I gotta say, this was one of my favorite seasons. I think. Really? I think season one. I mean, because it was like it just shoots you like a cannon into this world and yeah. and into everything. A lot of stuff happened in season two. A lot of drama happened in season three. On the one hand, we're kind of coming down from a lot of drama in season yeah. four, but like. I just feel like a lot, like, these characters are really, like, expanding themselves. I loved the presence of Lenny Bruce, and we won't say too many spoilers, spoilers here yeah. because I was beside myself in a good way. What about you? What do you, what thought, do you think of it? I thought, as someone, I was speaking to someone about this recently, too, but as they said, I thought it was a beautiful filler season <gasps> because, I mean, <laughs> like, not much moves forward forward but it's still like i really enjoyed it yeah and so it's like uh, I'm, I'm not mad at it i really enjoyed it like obviously the writing is still really sharp and funny and it's gonna be interesting because we do know that next season is the last season so it is going to be like the conclusion or, or what's gonna happen now with mitch yeah. and all of like these fun characters in this world but i enjoyed it I wouldn't put it as, like, my top season I mean, so far. I think I enjoyed the fact that it's filler just because there was a lot of drama. I mean, like, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen the end of season three, but, like, Midge's career is on the up and up and then it just plummets yeah. at the end there. That's true. It's, like, recovering. I was entertained. We were all entertained, I yes. think. Yes. Check it out. So with that, let's dive into episode two of Bridgerton season two. So previously on episode one, the Sharmas are in town. They're new in town. And Edwina has been named the diamond of the season, which is a huge deal because this is like the best case scenario for Kate, her older sister. It's like, great. My sister has the best possible chance of getting a titled Englishman. Clearly going to get everyone's attention. Anthony is now stepping up his game too because he's decided that he needs to get married and so he's going to go off and try to get the diamond of the season. So we'll start first with the Sharmas as far as what's going on here. Kate is having to deal with a whole line of suitors waiting to speak to Edwina or in, in hopes of like five minutes with her. They have all brought flowers but from the back of the line, Anthony Bridgerton swoops in and without any gift, without any flowers, and is like, um, I would like some time. Kate's like, I think she'll be available next year, but she'll probably be married by then. Yes, this is very far cry from The Bachelorette, where guys can't just swoop in and be like, can I steal you for a minute? Right. No, we've got Kate maintaining order. Anthony has stopped in again, as you said, completely empty-handed, wanting to invite Edwina to the races that afternoon. And even though she has a date, he somehow weasels in to be her other date. Yeah. It was all sort of very uh, clever. I mean, the sort of big society event of this episode is these races. Next moment, everyone in society is at these races, where... Kate and Anthony have an unexpected moment. I, I feel like, I mean, because all of these are it's sort of becoming a love triangle where like he's clearly pursuing Edwina because she is the diamond, but it is clear that he has more of a repartee with Kate. And I love this moment because they talk about what horse he bet on. And he's like, oh, Splen it's not Splenda. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nectar. 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 Okay. You, you get where that yeah. came from. He bet on this horse, Nectar, because we're seeing another theme here. She is the favorite. Nectar, this horse, is the favorite. Anthony bet on Nectar because 
everybody bet on Nectar. And yeah. Kate is like, well, you clearly don't know what you're talking about. Nectar ran well at Doncaster, but that was a firmer course. The weather was much cooler, thus his size was an advantage. Today, the track is soft and it is hot, meaning he will struggle to make headway, overheat and slow down during the final leg, giving Highflyer a much swifter, lighter, cooler horse the victory. There's sort of some drama here, but Anthony sends Edwina's date away to get lemonade, lemonade and then he yeah. takes his seat, doesn't give it back, and then Highflyer wins the race. Yeah. And Kate is victorious. She was right. She is always right. The other kind of thing that's happening with Kate is that there is a suitor who has approached her and is like, can I sit with you? And they're kind of hanging out together. And she's like, oh, this is like, I don't think she's like into it, but she's like, this is a, a welcome surprise sort of thing. And they sit together. And so everything's nice. He does meet Anthony and they're like, oh, hello, sir, who I've never met before. How are you? And they all sit together and they're there. She quickly discovers Oh, wait, you knew him from Oxford? Wait, you two know? Okay, so Anthony has set me up so that he could try to distract me, which immediately failed. Immediately, <laughs> immediately no. Immediately Kate is no. not dumb. She was not bored yesterday. No. She knows what's going on, and she is up to all of Anthony's schemes. Here's what I thought, because Kate is like dad here. I feel like if someone wants permission for Kate's, or for uh, Edwina's hand, They've got to ask Kate. And I say yeah. that because Mary, their mother, is here. But she's not, like, here. She's no. always, like, sitting at home. She doesn't seem to have a very active role in protecting Edwina the way that Kate does. No. So at first, I thought this young man was approaching Kate, asking to hang out with her because yeah. he wanted to be like, can I can I make a move on your sister? But he was actually showing some interest in her. And, like, why wouldn't he? She's beautiful. She's so smart. She's smarter than everyone else. She feels very tricked. So she hastily yanks Edwina away and she's just vowed to like loathe Anthony for all eternity. Yeah, which and like, I get it. <laughs> just like ruins Edwina's day, but also like with the rest of the students who were hoping to like talk to her mm. now like have lost their chance for this day because now Anthony has ruined everything for everyone. Early in this episode, Mr. Colin Bridgerton comes home, he's home from Greece. He's back. He's got some facial hair. I want to bring it up because like while we're mentally here at the yes. races, about, essentially Penelope is visiting Eloise at the Bridgerton household when he makes his appearance. She's, she's like, like oh, God. he doesn't like hug her or anything, no. but she's there. And so she runs into him again at the races and she's like, Colin, how are you? And he's like, you know how I am. You responded to my letters more than anyone else that I was writing. He's like, it's so weird that you did that. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I had time. It's whatever. And he's like, cool. I mean, keep in mind, she's just lost her father a couple months ago. Yeah. So like... She's kind of had the excuse of being in this mourning period. And so when he sort of is checking in on her, it's more like, how are you doing with the loss of your father? Again, yeah. we have some shared trauma here. Yes. The way I feel about Bridgerton is like it's a reverse Disney where everyone's mother dies in the Disney universe and everyone's father is dead in Bridgerton. Yeah. It's a very interesting dynamic. It keeps happening. It's like a widow maker of a show. I know. I bring up the Colin Penelope thing because he just really like offhandedly mentions that he was never alone 
when right. he was in Greece. And then Penelope spirals and is like, what do you mean? What do you mean? But like, people kind of get in the way and she can't get the right answer. And we'll get to later, like, who that mystery person was um, in this episode. I'm rolling but. my eyes already. <laughs> just, just for those um, of you who have already seen the episode, you already know what we're talking about. Yes. Now back to the Sharma girls. The other big event of this season, I mean, Anthony tries to make a really big splash with Edwina. He feels like he screwed up at the races and he's like, no more. That was me when I was a chump. I'm ready. So he buys Edwina a horse, rolls up to her house with this horse with a big red bow on it like it's a Subaru in a Christmas commercial. Edwina's like, oh, I like small cuddly animals. I don't actually like real horses she like liked a horse in a book and mentioned yeah. it and he it thought it was a been a horse yeah it would have been a perfect gift for kate because like she's actually the one who walks out and sees it and like there is this moment of like is this a horse for kate yeah but no it's for edwina who's like oh, i don't care for horses sorry thanks for <laughs> buying me a horse though i like the gesture but like i think he literally has to take the horse back so she could just keep the horse for herself. Just throwing that out there. The other big event of the episode that we kind of end on is a little soiree that Lady Danbury is putting on, which I yeah. think is a great idea. And rather than have young ladies show off their talents to gentlemen who are interested, the men are putting their talents on display. And they're doing weird things. They're doing yeah. magic tricks. They're doing poetry reciting. That was the original intention. She was like, I would like a poetry reading, but because all these young men are being competitive and trying to like show up for Edwina, they were like, here's magic. Here's this other thing. Here's this. And so it has gotten out of hand, but I'm sure it was very entertaining. They're all having a good time. Anthony is befuddled to learn that he was not invited to this event. No, I, I love that. His siblings were, and actually something that I love is we're starting to see this little, uh, Friendship slash understanding grow between Eloise and Kate. Eloise, I think, sees her as like a slightly older woman who is like thriving as a single woman. But Anthony is determined to win over Edwina. He once again tries to like get Benedict's help reciting poetry, being a good speaker about it. And so he's like, here, what do you think? And Many in our year at Cambridge thought my poetry far superior to his. Does that mean yours is more or less deceitful? Deceitful. Hmm. Poetry is the opposite, brother. Is the art of revealing precious truth with words. <laughs> Quite right, brother. You're being serious. Mm-hmm. Good God. He's again He's trying to like fulfill what everyone likes. What's the popular opinion? And even like, what does Edwina like? She loves poetry, so I should know poetry and I yeah. should recite poetry. Yeah. He's looking to others' expectations to determine yes. what kind of a man he is. And mm-hmm. actually, Benedict starts to recite some beautiful poetry. And he's like, yeah. I wrote this. And Anthony's like, Benedict, you should apply he's yourself like, more. Keep at it. Keep <laughs> at it. Keep, you got some, kids got something. Yeah. So he then races over to this soiree where he starts to recite Benedict's poem, stops in the middle of it and is like, actually, I can't do this. I can't pretend that I wrote this. Because Edwina, like, I'm not a poetry guy. And I want to be honest with you about that. Like, I really want to impress you. Mm-hmm. But the way that I'm going to impress you is not with poetry. Miss Edwina, I could stand here and pretend to be someone I am not. I could pretend to want the very same things as you, but I would be lying. I may not be able to offer the display of passion that you truly deserve. But I assure you that when it comes to action and duty, I shall never be found lacking. And I hope that 
is what will speak louder than any pretty words ever can. I think that's what stands out to Edwina more than anything. She's like, oh, yeah. oh, you know, it's not just someone who's just gonna show off. But like, I think hearing that she sees his real intentions and who he really is. And for Kate, that's what kind of freaks her out. Because she's like, no, 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 you realize this is not going to be a love match. Like, this is what we're hoping for. But Edwina's like, he, he said his intentions. I know what he's all about. So in pursuing him, I know what I'm getting. And that's when kind of Edwina breaks off from Kate and makes her own decision of like, well, I'm going to go keep talking to Anthony now for the rest of the night. Kate is so steamed about it. She like goes up to her room just to like have a moment in Lady Danbury. It's it's a really great speech because yeah. she's like, most matches are not love matches. There are a lot of people right. in this town who are just getting married to get married. And, yeah. you know, I think Anthony could be a good match for your sister. Right. And I mean, you should try and find someone for yourself as well. And it's this really, like, kind of moving speech where in the way that Eloise is kind of looking up to Kate, Kate is looking up to Lady Danbury. And she's, you know, I think she's sort of like, as much as I think a lot of people want companionship, there's like... This obstacle course of courtship in front of you. And like, I think a lot of people don't want to have to go through that. Kate, Mm -hmm. especially. Like, I think she's really down on herself because of the situation of her birth. And she's like, I want to be like you, Lady Danbury. I want to, you do whatever you want. No one cares. Like, I want to be like you. And Lady Danbury's like, I've earned that right because I'm old. And I have, like, found my love and well, I've lived she's, my she's life. she's a widow. She's a widow. And so she's like, I'm not like you. She's like, you're 26 and, like, everyone is telling you that's so old, but I promise you it's so young. Like, you yeah. have your whole life ahead of you. Don't lie to yourself by saying you don't want someone because you don't want to go through the circumstances of finding someone. Mm-hmm. It kind of, like, puts her, she goes back down to the party. She and Anthony share a look. And Lady Danbury notices. Lady Danbury and I think even Violet Bridgerton notices. So it's like, they're both aware of like, sort of what everyone else sees, which is Edwina and Anthony. They are the clear match and maybe they will start getting closer. But Mm. beneath that, they also see Anthony and Kate sharing look. I don't think they're going to fully like lean into it or ask about it because they obviously want like the Edwina-Anthony match to work out because that's what makes most sense. Mm -hmm. But they're kind of just keeping their eye on what's going on with Kate. I mean, I think everyone here, especially Kate, especially Anthony, they are being dishonest with themselves by saying that they want the happiness of everyone else over their own happiness. And they're trying like... They're the same person. That's what's crazy about it is like last season, Daphne and Simon came from such different places. These two are coming from the same place. They're both the eldest siblings Mm -hmm. who have younger sisters that they're trying to protect, trying to take care of, trying to maintain order. A lot is expected of them. They don't want love. They don't want what everyone else sort of seems to want. Their fathers died at a very young age and just like are shouldering this immense responsibility. Yeah. They're coming from the exact same place. Yeah. And they don't quite see that yet because they are both so stubborn. I guess on the Bridgertons, just to wrap them up, because if there's other things that are obviously, there's like so much going on with every character. So we may not dive into everything specifically, but there is something worth noting with Eloise because she is still trying to track down Lady Whistledown. She finds this other pamphlet that's like, oh, the paper matches. Oh, the, the ink is the same in all of this. The K tile is the same smudge. Yeah, so she actually goes and finds the printer. They're closed, but... 
she runs into a young man who's a like young maybe newspaper boy. Yeah, maybe he's like an apprentice at the at the shop, and so she's like, "Who is she? Who is Lady Whistledown?" He's like, "Lady, who are you? What's going on? Chill." But you know, she's very convinced that this must be the shop. Heath is convinced that she's only just trying to find out about like the young men of society. So they have very, you know, preconceived notions about each other and that sort of thing. Uh, but then they break that because Eloise is like, no, I love Lady Whistledown. I support everything she's doing. And, you know, I want her to like still be able to speak her mind. And then he's like, oh, and hands her like this little feminist pamphlet they maybe see like that they're similar in some ways and there's nothing between them yet it's more just like she noticed him he noticed her they shared pamphlets and that's all for now (laughs) i'm just like who did eloise flirt did she just have her first instance of flirting she's growing and then we we kind of transition from lady whistledown into the featheringtons and I just want to say, I want to have this moment of silence, R.I.P. Penelope's self-esteem. <laughs> um, because there's a reason we brought up Colin oh. earlier, and it's because when they're at this little soiree, he's there, she sees him. Colin! And she's like, you just, you said something earlier at the races that I just, like, w- wanted to, like, circle back I on. to follow up on that. You said you were never alone. To which lovely lady do I owe the congrats? He's yeah, like, oh, no, like- no, 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 no. I I did get to know someone, and his name is Colin Bridgerton. (laughs) He's like, I swore off everything. I swore off women. And I'm still in that place where I'm... Like, he's, he's essentially getting over how Marina broke his heart. So, I cleared my head, swore off women and love, and... Well, I only wanted to fully understand myself before stepping back into this world. You've sworn off women, then? Not for the time being. I am a woman. You are pen. You do not count. You're my friend. Of course. Your friend. How good to hear that. I had to pause. I was so upset. And I know he's just being a dumb boy. And he means it as a compliment that he's not attracted to her and never has been and never will be. And that she doesn't count as like a woman. But that is so hurtful. (laughs) Poor Penelope just is not going to recover from this right now. She's dealing with so much. She's so busy. And on top of that, her crush who's come back after like so long uh, is like, you don't count. You're pen. I can tell you anything. You're like my stuffed teddy bear. Like, and you just know that she's going to hold on to that. Like, she's not going to be like, oh, no, you broke my heart. She's going to be like, okay, I like, guess. On August 3rd at 8 p.m. when you said that, like, I'm not over it. It didn't happen I to me. And, I'm, and it's fiction. And I'm not over it. I just, I'm like, he's the dumbest boy. He's the dumbest boy. And like, I truly like him, like, putting out a call for Colin Bridgerton's head because that's so mean. And it also really makes me rethink the wallflower speech that she gave Mm. in that first episode when she was like, I like being in the shadows. I like it when no one pays attention to me. I can have my own amusement. Like this is one of the side effects of being wallflowery is that like, he literally doesn't see her as like a, a dateable woman. I almost wonder if she gave that, if she sort of gives herself this wallflower speech to put up a wall because otherwise she'd have to admit It's not that I'm a wallflower. It's just that nobody wants me. And I'm like, ouch. 
It kind of reminds me of the Princess Diaries with Mia. And then, you know, she's like this very much wallflower and no one notices her. Obviously, she's thrust into the spotlight because of her princess stuff. At the end, it's like she, you know, dances with Michael and she's like, you saw me when no one else saw me. You saw me when I was a wallflower. And I think that's what Penelope is hoping for. She's like, yes, all of society, my whole family, everyone sees me as this wallflower that no one notices. But I want Colin to be the one who notices me and sees yeah. me. Yeah. And the fact that he just validates that she's just a wallflower is the worst. It's so awful. It is not the perks of being a wallflower. Yes. Yeah, because the only one who sees her is her best friend, Eloise. And Eloise is all fine and dandy, much like the other, like, single women of this show. I think she wants, and because this is based on a romance novel series, I think she wants companionship. And, yeah. like, she has her target in mind. She loves Colin. And I, I feel like she's she's lying to herself about being content about not being with him because yeah. it would hurt too much to admit that like he doesn't want her. So, but in the Featherington household, I mean, cousin Jack is just making himself quite at home with his guns and his antlers and his guest on like decorating. Other thing going on here, like we said, Lady Featherington, while it's great that he's got her older daughter married off, he's getting comfortable. And she's like, the only way I can take back control is if, he marries a new lady of the house and she's easily controlled. <laughs> and then she looks at her daughter and is like, you. <laughs> Prudence. She's like, who is like dumb and easily gullible? And like Prudence walks in and she's like, aha. Problem is she needs Prudence to be alluring, beguiling. And yeah. she is not. And in fact, he kind of, Cousin Jack has set his sights on Cressida and there's kind of a weird tense moment at dinner where she's like, I'm going to the new modiste, not that old one. And yeah. and the to and fro between Prudence and Cressida, who has been trained to be like a viper, it's not the vibe. No. So that that's like a, a factor in this. But back to sort of Lady Whistledown adventures. Remember we said Eloise? She's catching on. She's close. And she's not like, it's not like a fun detective thing like it was last season. Like she actually wants to know who Lady Whistledown is and she's not involving Penelope. Yeah. So the sort of big determining factor is, okay, if it's the same publisher, then the next Lady Whistledown that comes out is going to have the weird K. So Penelope puts on her like nice maid's clothes, which still kind of looks like, like if a Barbie doll were to have poor people clothes, (laughs) like that's what it would look like with like this baby blue cape. Puts on her Irish accent, goes to the wrong side of town to buy a new letter K for the printer. But while she's over there, she bumps into the modiste who immediately recognizes her. And instead of trying to play it cool, even a little bit, she, she panics, runs, turns in the other direction and <laughs> runs away, which is just the yeah, most suspicious just... thing. Like she could have, I don't know, like obviously it's a place that she shouldn't be spotted at all, which is why she ran but she couldn't even have played it off a little bit like, oh, I'm I'm just here picking up some things for, you know, something. I, I like I'm to, up to something else. <laughs> I like to get away sometimes, you know, very Jasmine. Aladdin, in the, yeah. In the, in the marketplace sort exactly. of thing. Um, but no, she has no chill and she runs in the other direction. So um, the Modiste knows something. something's up there. <laughs> she knows something. So that's kind of where we end the Featherington situation is. Yes. Her identity as Lady Whistledown, or at least her identity across town, sort of hangs in the balance. 
Anthony and Kate are sharing looks while he is making intentions for Edwina known. And let's see where it goes from here. Yes. We can only, it can only go up or down. I don't know. I know. Stay tuned for next week. We'll dive into episode three, season two of Bridgerton. And keep up with us on social media at The Pemberley across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And you can email us at yeah. thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com for any questions, observations, comments, etc. 